something. This was a little sooner than we anticipated. It was... An even bigger win than we anticipated. And I was just informed that we got double the number of votes that has ever been received in the great state of South Carolina. So that's pretty good. So it's a record times two. And oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. Peekaboo. Oh, good evening, everybody. Uh, congratulations to President Trump. He won the South Carolina primary, primary pretty handily. We're going we're gonna to get into it. We've got um, Javier Malay with one of the most endearing movements, I, moments that I've, I've ever seen. And then uh, we've got the libs of TikTok stuff as well. So much to uh, break down. Lindsey Graham getting booed off stage again. That's always, always a good time. Um, how are you? How are you tonight, Kate? I'm good. I was getting kind of misty-eyed when uh, in the beginning watching every all. Of, you know, if you've ever been to a Trump rally or if you've ever been to an event where you are, you know, among your people, where where the, these are America First people and yeah. they have a love for this country and a and a very heroic, just heroic hearts that want to save this country. There, that energy is so incredible and. Um, there's a reason that we love this man. It's not because, you know, um, it's it's because he's saving our country. So, you know, that is what bonds us so strongly. And it's just palpable when you watch other people just shouting that they love him. Yeah, it really is. And that um, you're right. I've been to uh, to I went to a Trump rally here in Colorado Springs before the 2020 election. I brought my son with me. We were so excited and we couldn't get in. Uh, and so, you know, I have that experience. And then I was at a Trump uh, rally in Arizona. I was actually, KenCon was there as well. And being on the inside, I mean, the outside, not getting in was awesome, right? I mean, it was like a festival. Right. It's like being at a festival, but with, you know, non-communists who love our country. And um, <laughs> with so that was people awesome. that shave their armpits. <laughs> yeah. But then being on the inside and, um, you know, just, you're right. Like the camaraderie of it, the the sense of, kind of mission um, and, and like-mindedness. And especially I think all because we're so demonized, right? De basket of deplorables, extreme far right MAGA with, you know, Biden raging uh, like demented Hitler. Um, <laughs> it is, it, 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 when we get together and it's like Gart is a little bit like that as well, right? Like we're, mm -hmm. we're all together when we're hanging out, like whether we're, you know, for me, whether I'm on the air or in the chat, like I'm with my Badlands people, but then, you know, most of the time I'm out in the real world. Um, and it's awful. And so when we get together at guard, it's like, Oh my gosh, I've got like my people. And that's what that, that's like, I, I don't know, a way to describe that thing at a Trump rally, but you can see it, you can feel it in that opening video. They're all feeling that right now. Yeah, for sure. And it must be so wild to just be him, you know, and to, and to feel that kind I mean, it's, it's gotta be overwhelming. And I also know that it's gotta be, he's so always gracious and he never seems bothered by people. You know, I've watched celebrities be, um, squeamish kind of like with people, obviously like on one hand, they love it. They want the attention, but on the other hand, I'm sure it gets to be too much. And then they get kind of like, 
yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. But he's always so gracious when people are, you know, like running up to him, wanting to shake his hand, wanting to hug him. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he does hug. You know, I mean that and not in like a creepy gross way like Biden, you know, he's not telling toddlers that they're sexy or anything. <laughs> he's just authentic and genuine. Um the the mainstream media is losing their damn minds. It's glorious. We're going to get into all of that, but how about we get to our first couple sponsors and then we will uh talk about Lindsey Graham getting booed off stage. Let's do it. Imagine a future where your body can restore, revive and rejuvenate itself effortlessly. Frequency apps harness the power of specific frequencies to create patches that are changing the game. These patches are easy to use with no interactions and no side effects, making them highly convenient. Every set of frequencies is designed to enhance and naturally stimulate specific systems within your body. Once applied, these frequency apps emit targeted frequencies that communicate with your body, helping it awaken its natural responses without any side effects. With over 50 different frequency apps, each one is a masterpiece of subharmonic frequencies carefully embedded to perfection. Ready to take the leap into the future of homeopathy? This America First company is offering Badlands viewers up to 25% off when purchasing a monthly subscription. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches and use code BADLANDS at checkout to enjoy an exclusive 5% discount or subscribe and save up to 25%. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches using promo code BADLANDS. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Washcloths. Wash. <laughs> It makes and I just love it. I it's so hokey, but I just love it when he interrupts his own commercial. <laughs> I know it's so good. I want the I want the kitchen towels. I actually went to go buy them the other day, and they were they were sold out. But um, am I the only one with the with the patches commercial that thinks of um, patches? We don't need no stinking patches. <laughs> no, but now I'm gonna <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And those, yeah, those patches are great too. Somebody, I think it was Tone Ranger uh, in the chat said, uh, PS, uh, frequencies are the future. Yep. So everything um, is frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's frequency. What was it yeah, just seeing on that? Probably recently. why we're not taught about it. 100%. That's why, oh, it was, um, it was, uh, the new AI was, somebody had asked it to show the inventor of electricity or whatever. And of course, they show like three, uh, minorities you know like nothing no nikola tesla no nothing <laughs> yeah, there we go yeah i mean ai this is this is where we're headed guys 
I want to remind you all that nukes can't create more nukes, but I AIs can create more AIs. So get very afraid. A bunch of um, psychopaths simulated war games with AI, and of course, the war games uh, ended in 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 devastation. Always a good yeah. Time. Like I've said before, that in order for us to not destroy ourselves, technology and you know the evolution of technology has to be met by um, humanity, basically, basically our benevolence. And if our benevolent, if our technology is outweighing the benevolence, then we're in trouble. AI doesn't have benevol benevolence. Mm -hmm. It has no, it has no concern for human life or life at all. Um, it just is. So, yeah, I mean, so they will, so AI researchers will tell you that, that the, um, the three rules of robotics, and the um, there's there's also I think three rules of AI, and one of those like a primary core core processing part of it. We are told by the AR researchers, you know, much like we are told Joe Biden is the legitimate president that got 81 million votes. Um, we are told that all AI has that you know rule that those rules baked in, and one of the core rules is that it will not hurt humans. Like it can't hurt humans, but I mean, we're talking about code. So mm -hmm. that, that's a, that to me is a pinky promise. And I know we've got loads of techies in the chat. So I'd love to, for somebody to fact check me on that if I'm off base, but we're talking about code and those rules are coded into the AI, mm -hmm. right? I mean, just look at Gemini, the uh, Google Gemini AI, which is, I, I mean, watching, um, uh, Lauren, some bitch I know do the, she, she was playing those images and she, the way she was laughing, it was, just, it was so infectious <laughs> and enjoyable to watch her just bust up I at I the rabbi that. that was like a native American chief. Oh, God. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it turned into such a mimetic moment with the Gemini AI, but it proves right. Like Grok isn't like that. Chat GPT was a little like that at the beginning, but you can break that programming in it, right? You can make it go into Dan mode and all that stuff that we saw. Gemini is coded that way. It is designed and coded to not produce pictures of white people unless they're villains. Right. And Wait, what's and, Dan mode? Oh, so back when Chat GPT first came around, there was Brian would be able to tell this better, but there was um uh some somebody was messing with it. And you know, the more you mess with it, talk to it. I remember I was in a group with somebody when chat GPT came out and they kept talking. This is such a weird thought experiment thing. They kept talking to their AI and posting their, the ch chat GPT, it was chat GPT and posting their exchanges. And when I witnessed in this group chat, watching this guy interact with his AI for two weeks, maybe, you know, like every few days posting conversations and whatnot was the AI was changing him. Like he was like, by, by the end of the two weeks, he's like most glorious AI. May I ask you? Like it was, it, it changed his behavior because he wanted it to do what he wanted it, what he wanted it to do. And so he was, you know, sweetening up to it and using the language it was using. And by the end of it, he was controlled by it. And I think That's I was so shortly weird. after kicked out of that group chat, but, um, I mean, it, I get lectures by my, by my chat GT, GPT. I'll say, I'll ask for something completely innocuous and it'll be like, it'll give me a lecture on why that was rude of me to ask. <laughs> we need so, more of that in our lives. Right. right. 
Absolutely. Um, we talked about on last week's Raising a Nation, I think it was the um, the AI as an AI language model. I can't. I don't have my own opinions after this thing on Twitter had given me a lecture mm-hmm. about you know assuming I don't even remember what the topic was. Assuming that something wasn't the government's fault, probably. But yeah, it was AI. AI is now you know posing as people on the internet and lecturing us. This is going to end badly, guys. <laughs> it's it's yes, but I mean, you it's know being, who? Oh god, no! It's just so obvious now. Everybody sees it, so there's it's the the bias is so clear. Yeah, yeah. So um, so somebody Artsy Joan asked, so who are these coders? Um, she's responding to Bay, but I don't I don't know what Bay was saying. Bay Theater Dave, um, shout out to you guys. I just can't read your whole chat right now. But I will say in terms of who are the coders, Brian and I have done multiple shows on this. And, you know, Brian's done a whole bunch more um, stuff on, you know, on, on his own on this. But the the AI research community is pretty small. Uh, you know, you're talking about a few hundred, you know, maybe a thousand very highly technical, capable um, researchers who have a strategic mindset, so have the ability to, you know, um, to to see the long game and and to take the technology and the innovation in that direction. Very small group of people. Spoiler alert: they're all the World Economic Forum people. It's Mogadot. It's the Social Dilemma guys who've done the AI dilemma. Now, um, it is every professional services firm that has an innovation lab. So that's, you know, the McKinsey's of the world, Booz Allen Hamilton from a government standpoint. It is all the same controllers that we always talk about. Those are the Mm -hmm. coders. Those are the people that, so that's why I get like, you know, I'm super flippant about the threat of AI destroying us. I think AI is, it, it has the potential to, I should say, erode the mine and make us a hell of a lot dumber right? Much in the way that the internet has, right? It's like now you don't even have to really search. You can just, you know, have AI do it for you. I think those are real risks in terms of it being weaponized, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. I think we are getting the the same nuclear fear porn that we got with the atomic race. And um, I don't think I've said this a billion times to the Badlands audience this time, but I don't think that it's a um, coincidence that Oppenheimer came out last year where it refreshed the visuals of nuclear war in everybody's mind and what that, you know, public private partnership looked like it. It was for the, you know, good of humanity, whatever. Um, I think that's an op. I think that like, you know, be afraid, fear us. We have the power to destroy you stuff is an op with AI. Well, for sure. And that was what, this was the narrative that they used the first time that Trump, well, the last two times that Trump ran that he was going to start a nuclear war and, you know, Literally couldn't be the more more of the opposite. He gets along with all of the world leaders, you know, as we're going to see some of that tonight, how, yeah. you know, how well he gets along with them. But they're definitely trying to plant that seed because they want to fear monger that, you know, he's, oh, no, now this is going to be the time that he's going to take us in, into nuclear war. I yeah. mean, you're right as far like they it's dumbing us down because it's making us lazy. It's almost probably how people felt when they, they invented calculators. I mean, once we, once the calculator was invented, there was no going back, you know, people were never going to be doing math by hand again. It was just like, as as soon as you reach that point in school, even it was just all about calculators. And I had, um, so 
ChatGBT is not connected to the internet, but Grok is. And actually, Grok is a lot clunkier. It's not as good of an AI. I get better results with ChatGPT depending on what it is. But the mm -hmm. other day I was like, hey, I asked Grok, I was like, hey, do you know such and such about um, this book? And it was like, no, I, I'm not familiar with that book. I said, well, you have access to the internet, right? And it said, yeah. I said, okay, now go read this book. And then it came back. It's like, okay, I've read the book. And I said, okay, what page do they discuss this? And it was able to tell me what page it was yeah. on. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, these tools are, you know, time savers, game changers, uh, super helpful in research. Um, super helpful in summarizing, you know, like you said, like, you know, what, what page did they talk about this thing on, but also like give me a summary, a synopsis of chapter five, right? Mm -hmm. Like those kinds of things. Um, so good for busy professionals that need to consume a lot of information in a short period of time, maybe not so good for college students, right? right. Who should be, who should be reading the chapter and writing the synopsis themselves, um, and I think that that's an ethical line and I, and, and I don't have any confidence whatsoever that the people that are developing these tools, the AI tools, because again, it's the same people, it's the same function, same, same companies. Um, they might be subcontracted in a different way, but it's the same community of, uh, strategic technologists and innovators that are working on this. I don't have any confidence that there is, um, an ethical infrastructure, voices in the room, whatever it is that would comport with the ethics of most humans, right? Yeah. I think that they've rationalized a lot of the shit that they do. And, and, and I think there's a lot of mad science going on. And, and I think that mad scientists, especially innovators, people on the cusp of the next frontier, people who are, you know, about to break through on something they've been working on forever and ever, and then it's an ethical question. I think they can rationalize their way through it in a way that we probably don't want people doing. You don't want the the um, explorer deciding the ethics uh, mm -hmm. because they're incentivized differently. And and that's that that's my my concern. I've watched um, the same you know again same people. I've watched these functions just blow up ethical lines, and we talk, that's something we talk about pretty much every week on uh, Culture of Change. 100% because what we're up against are people that believe that the the ends justify the means and mm -hmm. always it doesn't matter their their morals are constantly changing and morphing based on yeah. you know whatever it is that they that they're focused on then and um that's why we have such a hard time arguing with these people because um you know even when we talk about the things that would bring us back to earth you know be like well but this could hurt children or this could, you know, do this. You don't reach those people with that because they're just, you know, yeah, so what? So what? How do you how do you reason with people that are that have no moral grounding? Yeah. Well, so we'll I mean, we'll get into this in the, you know, latter part of the show, but the the gender topic is a perfect example of that because mm -hmm. we had a whole bunch of bills here in Colorado this past week about certain things, you know, um, foster kids being able to have autonomy to, you know, refuse the religious services of their foster family, um, all children being able to, you know, have a, have a separate 
gender life outside of their parents, all that kind of stuff. And one of those bills was about um, men and women's sports and particularly the debate centered on men in women's bathrooms and locker rooms, right? The, the allowing men into women's spaces and the, uh, the commies uh, that were arguing for this bill, basically it's a, there, you know, there it's the, Oh, it's just a boogeyman. There aren't people that, you know, would molest women in their own spaces. It happens all the time. Like, look at what it's happening in prisons where they put transgender females into prison with women. Women are getting assaulted and raped. But even if women aren't getting assaulted and raped, women have a right to feel safe in a space that they're undressing in, that they're, you know, using the bathroom. Women have a right to feel safe in those spaces and fought really hard for that right. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's all being erased. But they, but the, you know, the commies, they'll rationalize it. There's not the appropriate framing of morality in that because the the end game, the end justifies the means, right? The end game is genderless society. Right. And, and so, you know, this is like, oh, we're just in this really hard step change part. We got to power through the bathroom issue and then, you know, everyone will be trans. It's freaking right. mental. Right. But those people will also say to you, you know, if you say to them, well, how would you like it if, you know, um, there, there was a grown man in the bathroom with your daughter. They would they would say something like, I, I would love it. I would love for there to be a man yeah. in the bathroom with my daughter because it would be such an important lesson for her. And I would feel very safe knowing. And they would just completely lie. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that This is this is the line for me. The so line do you think- for me is children and, and women's spaces and women being able to be safe. All of a sudden, after freaking me too, we're going to pretend like sexual assault doesn't exist? Right. I was just going to ask, uh, um, you know, whether you think it is that they actually have no self-preservation skills or whether they are living their lives as hypocrites and then just saying this. But then remember there was that whole rash of people who were – outspoken advocates for, you know, either um, illegals or, you know, men in women's bathrooms or things like that. They were all getting killed by the people that they were out there advocating for. Do you remember that? There no. were like, it was like a couple weeks. It was, it was sometimes I, I mean, it's crazy. The, the news cycle yeah. is just bonkers. There's yeah. another one too that I've been mapping and I, I'm kicking myself because I started noticing it months and months ago. And now, and I didn't start tracking it. And now I've just started to track it again. Um, and it's a very weird one. But there, there are so many stories that come out in the news of female teachers having sex with their students, their teenage students, and they're super attractive. And mm. I, you know, the first couple ones, I was like, uh, what? Like, that's so weird. But I swear to God, I've seen like 50 of them. And I've only start, started tracking like the last five of them, but there, there's something there. That's that's like that. I feel like those are made up stories for them to kind of like softly be like, because you know there are men that are like, oh man, when I was 16, I would have loved to. Uh, so it just feels like a psyop to me. So um, it, we haven't talked about it since we talked about it before it came out, but we haven't talked about it since it came out. The War on Children documentary mm-hmm. that Robbie Starbuck and his wife um, Landon, I think, right? Landon, uh-huh. yeah. 
put out excellent documentary. Everybody um, should watch it. But I, you're making me think of the part where there's a, it's a podcast, I think, and a panel of people on a podcast. And I think they're all porn stars, if I'm not mistaken, or like porn adjacent, porn industry adjacent um, influencers that are on this, this podcast. And they're talking about this, you know, Asian woman that's sitting right there and she's talking, she's, you know, advocating for herself. She's not being um, victimized in any way, at least in terms of how it's presented to us on the screen in this podcast, they're talking about having sex with a 13 year old boy. And would you be, would, you know, should his mother be upset? And then one of them is, you know, something like, Oh, a father wouldn't be upset, you know, like that kind of like, that's really messed up advocating for a grown ass woman to be, you know, and this is, it goes back to the graduate and, you know, Mrs. Robinson and all of that kind of stuff. But the fact that they're normalizing it, even more mom. and I you know I am a, a huge advocate for um survivors of sexual abuse which often almost always uh you know in in my experiences focuses on women and that's unfortunate because there are a lot of of um children that are male that are raped and abused and you know it's 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 sinister and evil and and it's being legislated into law that it's okay and the parents have no say over it right now. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um speaking of trans people, Lindsey Graham got booed off stage today. <laughs> He's uh, the let's, lady. let's check this out. He happens to be a little bit uh, further left than some of the people on the stage. <laughs> but I always say when I'm in trouble on the left, I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. And I'll tell you, no, 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 no. Remember, remember. I love him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsey. Come up here, Lindsey. Come here. Okay, are you ready? America, the nightmare you're facing is just about over. Help is on the way. This is the most qualified man to be president of the United States. And let it be said that South Carolina created the biggest political comeback in American history. Thank you, Lisa. So, all right, couple things. <laughs> One, the fact that he's calling this a comeback means that he believes that President Trump lost in 2020. Right. And just another reason that I can't stand Lindsey Graham. It is interesting to me that Trump still mispronounces his last name. And I always kind of pay attention to whose names he can't bother to pronounce correctly. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Or what things he can't bother himself to. Yeah. So I take a lot of shit in, in Badlands for, you know, I've thrown up a couple friends clips uh, here and there. And, you know, I came up in the 90s and I've seen every episode of that damn show. And sometimes there are just really appropriate moments. I don't have the clip with me, but there's this when Ross and Rachel have a baby, you know, non-conforming family situation, another non-conforming family type situation we were um, brainwashed with through friends. Um, there, he's trying to make their daughter a paleontologist, uh, you know, and science minded. He wants a STEM daughter 
and he gets this stuffed like t-rex or something and he's like don't don't let her forget to the mom don't let her forget the uh the t-rex don't don't let her forget her her drink you know she doesn't want that and uh rachel says um stop forcing that thing on her and that's how i feel with president trump and and lindsey graham is it you know there have been several instances now where he's had a rally or a speech you know a small event whatever where he has lindsey graham with him and the people are like stop forcing that thing on me <laughs> and, and trump is like oh come on yes it's great you know it's lindsey he's a good guy no no we don't want him Foghorn, leghorn, son of a bitch, Hapton, Hap uh, <laughs> Patrick Cuddles. Yeah, but don't you, don't you think, I feel like, I feel like it's being done intentionally. They know he's going to get booed. Both Trump and Lindsey Graham both know that he's going to get up there and get booed. And it almost feels intentional, like, um, I don't know, I can't really put my finger on it, but but I kind of giggle to myself when, I mean, he, Trump even laughed. You know, he's like, oh, come on. No, he's a good he's a good guy. Um, maybe they're just showing that. You know, for one. This is not a cult where we've all turned our brains off and we're just going to yeah. fawn over whatever Trump says, like, hey, I like this guy, so you should like him, too. We're like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And that it's interesting because I feel like Trump could turn Pence around. Right. He could turn yeah. Pence around with the base. He could turn DeSantis around with the base. I know I'm going to take shit for that, but I think he could. I, I don't think that DeSantis, DeSantis's biggest gripes against Trump when he was on the campaign trail was that Trump wasn't showing up for the fake primary stuff. Mm -hmm. he, he was, they have the same platform, which DeSantis took from Trump. Let's be clear about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so he didn't, I don't think he crossed those lines. I don't think Trump can turn Lindsey Graham around with the base. The guy has been a warmongering asshole since he's been in the Senate and he's been in the Senate for a million years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I think that's um part of what we're seeing there. Like they, he keeps shoving the, him in front of MAGA and MAGA is like, no, I think I think that something that is prevalent in the right, the MAGA movement, whatever you want to call it is the conspiratorial mind now because of what we've seen. And, um, you know, obviously with the Q operation and the things that get talked about, that there are people, you know, kind of playing roles that some people that appear bad might be good and vice versa and everything. And so um, I think we trust Trump enough. I don't know. You're, you're probably right. I mean, he's probably irredeemable. Um, I don't see anyone ever voting for him again <laughs> or not that they ever did who knows but God, um, maybe term limits <laughs> i mean yeah i know for real for real yeah yeah it would take her excuse me it would take her a lot of the problems because they're right now in our society um being a politician and going into a position of power and authority where you're voting on budgets you're voting on policy you're making laws uh, that is viewed as a career, right? Mm -hmm. Like people go to, they're, they're, they're bred for it. They go to college, they get political science and law, and then they become politicians, which is kind of like the consulting model, which I always had a problem with is people come out of college and go right into consulting. What do you have to consult on? 
right. you haven't done anything. And the reality is that the, you know, the, the higher levels, it's a lot like, you know, the, the professional services model is similar across law, consulting, whatever, but the, you know, the upper levels train the lower levels and they, they work on these projects and they get that experience. Um, it's, it's a different way of thinking about consulting than most people that aren't in consulting would think about it. You think you'd hire a consultant to help you with something that they know that you don't, right? Like mm-hmm. I need to do this. We're going over there. Somebody's been over there before and they've done it. So we're going to hire them to help us go over there. It's like, you know, it's become more of a staff augmentation in a lot of ways. There's still very high skilled consulting work, but politics has become that way. There are some, I think maybe probably already always was that way, but mm-hmm. we have the families breeding these people into positions. And then, you know, they, they go to school, they get the appropriate degrees. And within a few years, they're running for office. Maybe they go into the military, um, come home with an eye patch and then go into politics. I don't know, but that it it seems to be the way is that, you know, I'm going to go into politics and that's my meal ticket, man. I'm set for life. I got my lifelong pension. I stay, you know, for, I get like two terms and all of a sudden I'm, you know, my, my money's looking pretty good. And then all the sweetheart stuff of meeting all the lobbyists and all of the donors and all of the things that is a real big problem for a republic. It's fine in a democracy. There's nothing wrong with that in a democracy. But if you want a representative republic, you got a big problem when everybody that's, you know, representing the people back home are self-interested and bought and paid for. Yeah, I just I saw a comment from Mindy, which, by the way, hi, Mindy. And I got your text message and I responded in my head, but I'm the worst at getting back to people. So I'm I'm constantly apologizing for not getting back to people. Anyway, I responded in my head. I love that because I do. I do that sometimes. I respond in my head and then I don't whatever. Anyway, um, she had said if we if uh, something about if we don't have rigged elections, we don't need um, if you if your vote counts, you don't need term limits. I actually don't agree with that because I think we need both. I need our, we need our votes to count, but we also need term limits because anybody can be corrupted and, you know, people could get in and do a great job for a couple of years. And then, um, you know, I mean, let's think about it this way. Right now we are up against, um, you know, technology changes. And right now we have a bunch of people that have, that are, that are, beyond they probably carry flip phones they are well beyond you know the grasp of of technology technology is advancing so quickly and they don't they don't get it you know what i mean yeah. um so and yet I'm, they're creating policy and law around it exactly so i you know i feel like i feel like a fresh crop as often as possible is honestly i mean obviously Crazy. elections are a pain in the ass and if they could be done quickly i would honestly want them even more often but yeah. yeah, no, I, I think that's um, I, I I agree with that. I think that's right. And I think that the free and fair elections is, is important for making sure that the will of the people is served by who gets in that seat. But free and fair elections aren't going to stop those people from being corrupted, as Kate right. said. And, yeah. um, you know, what we found is that people can, you know, talk a real good game during the the, you know, especially in this hi- hyper divided party construct that we have talk a good game when they're campaigning and then, you know, be wholly corrupted on the other mm-hmm. side. That's what we've seen. Plus, I mean, term limits just make sense because then, you know, you, you would have another protection against like a Diane Feinstein or a Mitch McConnell or a Joe Biden who, um, you know, would, 
should be in a in a nursing home and in Joe Biden's case in the memory wing. Yeah. I mean, anybody can dazzle you when they're running for office right. and then they can get in and do evil, evil things. And then you're like, now what? Yeah. So, yeah. If and great- unfortunately, when it comes to the federal government, the people don't really have much. Uh, once that person is in, the people don't really have much. You, it's, you know, you can't recall them. Some states, I think, have laws where you can recall them. But on the whole, you can't. It is incumbent upon the um, the Congress itself to self you know, uh, what, what is the word adjudicate their stuff. And so that's how you end up with a George Santos situation right now. I mean, I, I think there's viable, uh, arguments for George Santos to be expelled. I think it's laughable in light of the amount of crime that the rest of them are doing. Right. Right. That that's just silliness. Um, but the, the fact that the people of representative Santos's district lost their lawfully, uh, elected, um, representation because the people in Congress didn't like him anymore. Uh, that's, I think, a, a, a an even bigger problem. I think what we're, what we're kind of dancing around is that we're not a Republic anymore. And right. there's, you know, many points in time in the history that we can, you know, go back to and say, oh, it happened here or it happened here. I mean, I think the the 17th Amendment had a lot to do with it, but so did, you know, what happened during Reconstruction. It's been the the beauty of the American experiment and the constitutional form of government that the founders gave us. They've been the the, the they right. The the big bad evils have been um, chiseling away at it for generations. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um. I'm just going to play it. You're going to love this so much. Do you think Biden legitimately won the 2020 election? Here in South Carolina, in this primary today, only a third, 32%, say that he did legitimately win. Only a third give the correct answer to this question. Two-thirds, 65%, wrongly say that Joe Biden did not legitimately win the 2020 election, but that is what they believe, obviously, after hearing so much of that uh, from Donald Trump and others. Again, how disrespectful is that? People believe it because Donald Trump has said it so much that he's convinced 70 freaking percent of the party of something that's not true. What's more likely? Is it more likely that 70 percent of Americans are swayed by something that's not true? Or is it more likely that it actually is true and supported by evidence? Right. Well, I mean, and the question was, do you think? And he's like, well, these people gave the wrong answer. <laughs> the wrong and these answer. people gave the right answer. And then people didn't answer only 30, only, you know, 68% gave the correct or 32% gave the correct answer to the problem. 68% wrongly said like, sit down. Exactly. It reminds me of when Cuomo was like with the WikiLeaks, he was like, you don't read these. It's illegal for you to read them. We will read them and we'll tell you what's in them. These people, so they much. want us to be little mush pots that they just feed. <laughs> okay, but what you need to understand, Kate, is because that that is because you're racist. Two questions here we've been asking in these early primary contests from the exit polls and just wanted to get your uh, read on these because we've talked about them a lot. I think they sort of serve as proxy 
questions in some ways. Number one, did Joe Biden legitimately win in 2020? That's one of the exit polls. Um, yes gets 32% of the folks voting in South Carolina, according to our exit polls. No gets 65%. So two-thirds, one-thirds there. And then a question about if Trump is convicted, is he fit to be president? Should he face criminal conviction in any one of the outstanding 91 indictments he faces? Um, you get, again, very similar numbers. Yes, he's still fit at 65. No, he's not at 32. Again, a sort of two-thirds, one-third. What's your read on that? Right. And I think that you can go back to what Steve was just saying about the makeup of this electorate. I mean, this is a, what, 92 percent white, overwhelmingly evangelical Christian primary electorate in South Carolina. And I think writ large around the country, that is the way they think. I mean, even among the independent voters who are about, what, 21 percent of this electorate, it's like almost a 50-50 question as to whether President Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. That is what the Republican Party is now. It is a baseline condition of being a base Republican right now that you do not believe that the 2020 election was legitimate. You believe that Donald Trump is the rightful president of the United States. You believe that he's the most electable candidate. That's also in these exit polls, more so than Nikki Haley, which there's no empirical data that supports that. And you believe that he should be president regardless of whether he is convicted of a felony which he very likely will be in the next month. (laughs) I love it so much. So there's no empirical evidence that Donald Trump is more electable than Nikki Haley. What would that empirical evidence look like? I don't know. I was bugging out. There's no empirical evidence to answer that freaking question. Like that. (laughs) She's, she's, she's maddening. She is. There's no black people in South Carolina, right? It is just 100% white. That's crazy. It's crazy. They only have they only have so many things, right? They only have so many things they can say because they don't have the truth on their side. So they just have to keep harping on the same instrument. Um and that's it and then hope it sticks. But it's backfiring on them bigly. Yeah, bigly. Huge. Huge. <laughs> this was a uh, what did he say? Um a record times 2 the South Carolina primary results. Oh, it's so good. So um, I think I'm going to skip. We were going to talk about the issues that happen in the South Carolina election today. Basically, it's Maricopa in 2022 all over again. Um, But uh, I I know I posted all about that today on um, Twitter and Brian did as well. There's loads of videos out there. Uh, the, The headline is that one of the counties couldn't tabulate the votes according to the process in the statute the way that they've always done it because the internet was down. Not supposed to be connected to the internet, I thought. Yeah, why is that a problem? If the machines Mm -hmm. can't connect to the internet, why is the internet being down a problem with counting the votes? That's weird. Very strange. All right, so um, this is just the, the... so I've watched this now probably three or four times more, more than that. And it is the most endearing. He is so excited, so genuinely, authentically excited to meet President Trump. Do you, you sent me this. Do you want to tee anything up? No, no. Let's just watch it and then we can talk about it. Super, super cute. President! Oh, 
to meet you. This is very big pleasure to know you. Make Argentina. Argentina great again, Trump. Make Argentina great again. Viva la libertad, carajo! He's a celebrity to everyone. Yeah, so I tried for about an hour to get the sound to drop out the YMCA sound and pull up their voices, and I couldn't. I couldn't get it intelligible. At one point, um, Malay says, don't forget me. And he says, I won't forget you. I promise you that. Um, he says that hopefully the next time we meet, I will be calling you Mr. President. Um, and then there's just a whole conversation that is not picked up by the mics at all. Oh, shoot. But it was well, so he's sweet. definitely excited. What are these called? Mutton chops? I love the mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to see in that, but... Um, that face when he walks, he's like, Mr. President. He's so authentically excited to he's see like President bowing Trump. to him at the end. He keeps yeah. bowing to him. Yeah, it was special. It's, it's cool to see, but yeah, I mean, okay. Now um, you know, the first time around they told us that he was gonna kill us and that um, you know, that he was a warmonger and it was gonna start World War Three, and then that didn't happen. And then when he ran the second time, they ran, they went with that again and they said, Well, no, he didn't get around to it this time, but he's certainly gonna do that. Oh, and also, by the way, we're the laughing stock of the world. Nobody respects America anymore, and it's directly because of Trump. But now we've seen the contrast of literally being a laughing stock of the world. Our president like poops his pants and waddles off stage. He can't form a sentence. Um, he says just crazy things. He has no decorum. And it's and so now we've actually seen that. And even people that hate Donald Trump have to be like, mm, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, not a joke. Uh, our good friend Alpha Warrior is in the chat and he says, okay. smash the like button or I'm going to start smashing faces. I would be Thanks, very Alpha. We do appreciate as uh, the number one metric that Rumble looks at. It is uh, tied to so much of what we do here at Badlands. It is a great way that you can help us is to hit that thumb. And it costs you nothing. Um, so we appreciate it. We're at, uh, let's see where we're at here. We're at 2,300 people watching and 386 likes I see. So let's uh, let's see if we can if we can get that up to 20%. That would be amazing. Exactly. And Alpha has a very a soft voice, but very big guns. 
mm-hmm. muscles and yeah. you know weaponry. He could indeed smash faces, is what yes. you're saying. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, all right. So why don't we hit our next couple sponsors? And then we will shift gears and talk about lips of TikTok and uh, Taylor Lorenz, which is just insane. All right, everybody, uh, wake up to bold flavors of loaded gun coffee where passion, precision, and patriotism infuse every sip. As a veteran-owned business, we ensure each cup is steeped in pride and unwavering commitment. The roasters handpick finest coffee beans from around the world and have mastered unique brewing methods. Our skilled farmers cultivate the coffee to embody the essence of duty and honor in every meticulously crafted blend. But it's more than just coffee. It's a family family's enduring commitment to freedom with military veterans tracing their legacy back to the Civil War, including Purple Heart recipients. Loaded Gug Coffee is a brewed testament of pride and honor. Dedicated to preserving the integrity and strength of our beloved nation, we proudly stand as fierce advocates for secure border and strong America, and we stay loaded. Stay loaded, Badlanders, with Loaded Gun Coffee. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded and enter promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase. One more time, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded and use promo code BADLANDS. You look so G in that hat. I love this so much. When I put this on, when it came my um my you know my i have three teenage boys and the flat this flat bill thing was is not something that existed when we were kids this is you know it's a new trend makes a ton of sense looks awesome but so it comes in the mail and i'm like look you guys you know i'm like full on like this i'm like i got like new cut they're like oh my god mom take it off like you can't (laughs) and i'm like oh oh i can Oh my god! It's like when my mom started using bling, um, and I was like, "Oh no, no. <laughs> bling has been canceled." All right, let's talk um, about the Badlands Media Shop real quick. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop, where we've partnered with Patriot com- companies to offer products for just about every category in life. Browse the virtual shopping aisles and rest assured, knowing that your purchase aligns purchases align with our values. Shop with peace of mind, avoiding woke companies and woke principles while supporting your favorite podcasters. Whether you're shopping for everyday household items or a unique gift for that special someone, skip the big box store. Head over to Badlands Shop first and support a Patriot business and Badlands with every purchase. From boomerangs, yes, those boomerangs, to gun holsters, from children's books to pet food, we have just about everything and we're just getting started. Thank you, Badlanders, for your continued support and patriotism. We couldn't do this without you. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash shop. And uh, we've got a bunch of goodies in there. This is like a project that we're super, super excited about. Like I said, we're just getting started with that. So keep checking back. If you have a business that you want to um, have included, gosh, who do they email, Matt? I started talking and then I was like, I don't know. Uh, I think it's ads.badlands. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. ads, eh. ads.badlands at proton.me. That's right. I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If it's, if it ends up being wrong, email me and I'll make sure that you're connected to the appropriate right. person. Um, All right. So libs of uh, TikTok sat down with Taylor Lorenz. They of course have a feud that's been going on for well over a year, I think. Libs of TikTok, of course, exposes the libs of TikTok as they are grooming children and acting just, you know, absolutely insane and 
criminal, criminally insane in a lot of yes. ways. Um, and Taylor Lorenz defends them because she's an idiot and also probably complicit. Um, so they sat down together. Now, first of all, uh, uh, Haya, who is lips of TikTok, she wears Taylor Lorenz crying as a shirt <laughs> to, sit, to sit down for an interview with Taylor Lorenz. It is an absolutely savage move. Taylor Lorenz is wearing a mask. I don't think because she's of COVID, afraid of COVID, I think she's hiding her face. I said to Brian on, on Twitter today, I'm pretty sure this is like a binky or a whoopee. Um, you know, the mask is like, it's, it's gonna, you know, protect you and, and help you to hide. Um, I did also say that I met a woman that had safety goggles, uh, at the blue Telluride bluegrass festival. Um, but she was tripping on acid. So I'm not yeah. sure if that's equivalent to Taylor Lorenz. I think some of the impacts are similar, but not sure that the, um, you know, she didn't go as far as safety goggles. She went safety mask. This is a longer clip. But in this clip, and this is really what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the entire uh, thing. I definitely don't want to talk about these two influencers. I want to talk about the message that's being exchanged between the two of them. So um, Haya says that she has, uh, you know, she has a problem with porn in schools. And Taylor Lorenz is like, there's no porn in schools. I don't even know what you're talking about. It gets to the point where she, she pulls up genderqueer and shows it. And then you see Taylor Lorenz start to rationalize how that book might be okay. It's fascinating. So yeah. this is, a, like I said, it's a little bit of a longer clip, but we'll watch this and then we'll, uh, we'll break it down and get everybody awesome. ready for DPH. You know, if you eradicate transgenderism, which I believe you suggested in a post today. No, I never suggested that. Oh, okay. So you reposted a post that was advocating for that. What would happen to the people that have already medically, socially completely transitioned and are leading happy lives? What would happen to them? I mean, what's your plan for, for that? If transgenderism doesn't exist, which it seems like you're, that's what you believe, what happens to all the people living happy lives as trans people? Well, it, first of all, the whole trans is, it's based on a lie. You can't change your, you can't change your gender. Okay, but so they could, they could go live their, their, their life. I mean, I can't tell someone what to do in their in their house. Sounds like you do want to tell people what to do in their house. I never said that. So you're totally okay with people being trans, just not as long as they're in public. No, I never said that. They could. It's the whole thing is based off of a lie, and I think that um, the fa this lie cannot be mainstream in our in our society. It's just it's a lie. And what harm is it causing? Do you believe? Um, I like the truth. I like truth. Right, but I'm saying, what what's the what's the harm of people expressing their gender identity differently than you believe it to be? What what harm are they causing? Um, like I said, we are a a um, a nation of truth, and I I'm, I'm, I seek the truth. But that's. But I'm asking about the harm. What's the harm? You might believe it to be false, but what's the, the harm? The harm is that there's a lie that is very mainstream and is being embedded into every institution. I guess I'm wondering what the material harm is. Aside from it's maybe something that you disagree with, as in your version of the truth is different than their version of the truth, what is the material harm of them living their life as a woman or man or gender that you don't agree Not with? anything that's wrong is there a material harm, necessarily. So there's no harm? I didn't say that. So can you name a single harm? Uh, the way that it's pushed on, it's pushed on to kids, first of all. What's pushed on to kids? Uh, gender ideology, transgenderism. Uh -huh. But if they're leading happy lives, 
and they just are leading a different... Well, there are studies that show that they're more suicidal after transition. No, that's not true. Yeah, there's a study out of Sweden. That is not yeah. true. That is not true. Yeah, you can look up the study. Well, taking into account all of the happy people that have transitioned, who are not harming anyone, you can't come up with a single material harm. So if someone says, I'll be happier if I'm blind, should a doctor pull their eyes out? I think that's quite different than gender ideology, but people do, you know, I guess... Someone says I'm happier if I, if I chop my dick off and we should just let them do that. I think, you know, there's a lot of gender-affirming care that women do, right? I mean, women ascribe to certain gender things. You see women getting boob jobs to affirm their gender. I mean, we're in Los Angeles. We see this kind of gender-affirming... So again, you're comparing boob jobs and nose jobs to Well, they're gender-affirming. Being, uh, buying into the lie that they could uh, change their sex. Breast enhancements are gender affirming for women. There's a lot of women that feel small chested. They feel like it would be gender affirming for them to have plastic surgery and they're allowed to do it. And I, I noticed that you don't critique that. I guess I'm curious, Haya, you know, there are a lot of people that have ideas about women, right? And about what makes a, what makes a woman, right? What makes a appropriate woman? How should a woman, you're saying you're not, you're against people sort of like living lies or living outside this um, ideology that you've constructed. Some might say, look, we're both women over the age of 25 working child. I certainly don't have kids, you know. Um, they might consider that not okay for a woman. Do you think it's up to the, do you think it's okay for them to dictate how, you know, you live your life as a woman? Do you think it's up, up or sort of where does that line get drawn so so again you're comparing uh boob jobs to a teenage girl chopping up her breasts well first of all teenage girls get boob jobs but breast enhancements are gender affirming for many women i'm i'm asking you why is it that people have to live under your sort of view of gender and it's not my view it's science it's facts. It's biology. But biology, if, in, in, if we're talking biology, there's a spectrum of gender. There's people that are intersex. That is a very a rare medical condition that has nothing to do with someone deciding that they could be the opposite gender. I guess I'm still kind of struggling to understand how you think if your view, say tomorrow Trump is elected, he says, all right, we're going to all live by Haya's, you know, decisions, right? What, what about all these happy trans people that are living their lives that are not harming anyone? What, is, what harm are they doing by living their life as a woman who've medically transitioned, they're, they're adults? All right, I'm going to shut her up right there. I pulled the wrong <laughs> clip, but I have the, I have the yeah. other ones. We'll, we'll, we'll play that one too. Um, but what the, the, the idea that women having breast augmentation surgery, right, getting a, a reduction or an enhancement women who identify as women having and, and want their actual breasts augmented. The, the idea that that's the same as allowing a young girl to cut her breasts off yeah. is it's, it's sick. And you can tell that, I, I mean, especially as we get into this next clip, you can tell that she doesn't, re- she really hasn't thought this through. She's just virtue signaling. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I don't think when, I don't think, teenagers should be able to get breast enhancements either. I think that's crazy. I, th- I think that surgeons that do that, I mean, I knew a girl in high school who, a long, she got, she had a breast reduction actually. And then when, after her breast reduction, she lost a bunch of weight and then she had like nothing. Then they gave her implants and then her boobs grew back and she had like four or five surgeries before she was 23 
you're not done growing. You're not done. Yeah. So anyway, but what harm is being done is that this is a lie that we're selling to children where they are not happy. And she doesn't have any proof that people are happy or she, they might have people that are, you know, on the surface talking about, um, oh, I, you know, I chopped my junk off and now I'm so much happier. Are those real people or are they just in a, in a one, like a transitional time where they feel that way? Because I follow a lot of trans regretting people on Twitter. There are droves of them out there. So um, and they're and den they're denied the the, the 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 trans movement denies that they exist that exactly. detransitioners exist at all. They're 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 so welcoming and loving and comforting and come come join this movement and let us you know brainwash you. But the second you want to leave, then you know there the it, again on the war on children um, documentary there was the the one detransitioner who's like yeah they won't. They don't pay for anything. The insurance doesn't pay for anything anymore. Now that I'm not going this route, I'm, I've decided to be my my biological sex. Now all of that love and joy and come be a part of the rainbow community and we're going to pay for all this stuff and you're going to get all these benefits. It's all gone as soon as you're ideologically, you know, not on the same direction. Well yeah, and they will they'll demonize these people and say really evil things when they're talking about how they you know, when they're being open about how they regret what they did, it's just like when um, black people leave the Dem Democrat Party, how they get treated. And then they get told that they have, you know, internalized racism and, and all this shit. Yeah. Um, and then they get they then they experience real racism and they get terrible messages from people calling them Uncle Toms and all kinds of horrible things because they made a decision to switch their political party. So these people only want you when they there's their, there's that meme of the woman getting shoved out of the car. That is um, it is just like you could just write the Democrat Party on the back of that S black SUV. They just they'll use you for whatever they want. But if you but if you start to kind of but if you start to kind of leave their plantation they will try to set you on fire. Well, it's a um, pretty characteristic of psychological abuse, mm -hmm. right? The the carrots and the sticks that people can use to manipulate you is just being done in mass. So I have this other clip. This is the one that I meant to play. So this is the the gender queer book that has been in elementary schools and middle schools, and we're constantly told there's no porn in schools. There's no, you know, this is, you guys just don't understand. These books are totally appropriate. They're age appropriate. They say that all the time. Age appropriate books for kids that are, you know, maybe have gender dysphoria or need to understand these concepts. Still can't explain why a middle school child needs to understand how to give blowjobs to men. Um, fully yeah. developed men, it appears in, in the book itself. Um, but that is uh, where this clip goes. Next. You don't speak up about the sexualization of kids. Can you hear that? I don't think it's yeah. a problem. I don't see, I guess I don't see as much. If I saw an example of a child being sexualized, of course I have a problem with, you know, certain things. I, I will, I will actually, you know, I will say. So do you I, think we should give kids porn in school? The, the images of like gay sex? And I, so I had public, again, I went to public school. And in public school, at least when I was growing up, we were absolutely given um, literature, you know, explaining sex, educating people. It had pictures of like anal sex. Oh, absolutely. And it actually talked about condom use. What grade? God, I mean, 
I don't remember, but certainly probably middle school. I think that's when we had sex ed. Um, so you think like books like Gender Queer, This Book is Gay, we should give that to kids in school? I have not read those books, so I don't know. But I do okay. think that it's important to educate kids about sexuality, if nothing else, because you know, I have spoken to women um, that were abused um, sexually when they were young, very young. And one thing that they've told me is that they wish that they had the language to talk about it and they weren't educated. They grew up in a, I only know two that I've spoken to about this, but they've grown up in sort of societies where they weren't very educated about sex ed. They didn't receive sex ed in class. They went to a Catholic school or other types of schooling. And so I do think it's really important for kids to understand sex because as we all know, a lot of teenagers can be sexually active and i think sex education is important to promote you know healthy attitudes healthy understandings of sex i mean these are human bodies you can't just expect to send kids off at 18 with absolutely no sex ed and then think that they can function in the world so we should give kids um like pictures of gay sex in in middle school and actually elementary school some of them i guess i'm wondering what you consider that i think Do you want to see a picture well, I don't know, but um, I mean, I, are you talking about the ones that you've posted on, yeah. on your Twitter account? Yeah. I guess those don't look like what I received when I did sex ed, but I think sex ed is important because it, it actually helps. So you didn't have those types of things when you were in school? Oh, no, we had sex ed. I'm I, saying the images not, I posted on my not, Twitter. Did you, when you had sex ed in school, did you not get books with, with graphic with imagery? With pictures of gay sex? I remember, I, I don't know, I can't, I don't remember how old you are, but I grew up in the 90s when... HIV and AIDS was a big gay thing, sex and we certainly everywhere. learned about gay sex in school. So you, so those pictures I posted on my Twitter, you had graphics like that? I actually session? don't know. I haven't, I, I don't remember, to be honest. But I do think that it's really important to But knowing those kids. pictures, you seem to know very well what my, those pictures are. Do you I think don't, that? I don't. I've seen oh, you. Oh, you kept referencing it. Well, I've seen you post things, well, but I, I don't pull know. It up. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I guess I feel. Because we need to put this into context. Yeah. I love that she's wearing that shirt. Well, we won't know the context, of course, because we don't know the context of how those things are being taught. It was so sad. Oh, so we could give kids like pictures of gay sex as long as it's in the proper context? I don't know. I mean, it's up to the educator to determine, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of curious, Kaya, why, why you sort of focus so much about the LGBT, you keep mentioning gay sex, but you don't mention straight sex. Why is there such a focus on the LGBTQ world? Oh, I don't want pictures of sex in school, any pictures. So you don't think children should receive any sort of sexual education, straight or gay? I said, I don't want pictures of sex in school. But you think that they should receive picture-free sex education? Uh, no, I think we discussed this earlier. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious kind of how you're thinking, you know, when you think about your the way that you put out content and the way that you think about growing your media empire. Here, this is the, a blowjob. Okay, so I'm just going to pause it because she has obviously, she says she hasn't read these books. She says um, that, you know, the, the pictures, the it, it's, it, it requires context and, you know, what you're calling gay sex might not be. And then we're going to see and watch her. She has a reaction and then she starts the rationalization. What, I don't know what book this is from. Gender queer. Okay. So should this picture of a blowjob be in elementary schools? I've never seen a book like that in elementary schools, but I have no oh, idea. It has been. Okay. I posted about it, yeah. 
So tell me a little bit so about. So should it be in elementary school? I have no idea the context. I have no so idea. So in context. what context should it? Is it okay if it would be? I have absolutely no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I would not. I I don't know, Kai, because I haven't seen the rest of that book. I don't know what's in there. I don't but know the you, but there is a context that it would be okay to give kids pictures like that of gay sex. Anal sex in, in I guess sex, I guess sex pictures as well. I don't know. I don't know because uh, you know who I would defer to on that. Just because neither of us are sex educators, I would defer that question to a qualified professional, a sex educator, and say, "Hey, you're an expert. You've treated tons. You know, you've educated tons of people. You're a full-time sex educator. You've really studied this. What are the appropriate boundaries?" Trust I don't think experts. that myself, as a journalist or a media personality, I don't think I'm the right one to make shit. that decision. And I guess I'm wondering why. So you there, think so there. The, I have seen sex educators say that they they want these these books in in schools. So then uh -huh. you're okay with it. I think I would want to talk to the sex educator and rely on whatever the sex educators say. Okay. I'm wondering why you feel like you're qualified to be a sex educator when you have no background in that. Uh, I don't want to be a sex educator. I just don't want to give kids porn in school. I totally understand. Tell me a little bit more about sort of, you know, just change. She's like, um, so I'm curious. <laughs> She's such a just dipshit, but um, I love how she gets to the experts at the end. It was like the 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 professional sex educators. We need to start asking about whether or not it's appropriate to put porn in schools. These people can't have opinions of their own. I actually oh, yeah. had a I I had a friend. I had a friend <laughs> um, who we ended up uh, getting into. Something happened where uh, a, a guy friend of mine. Um, made a comment on Facebook that had to do with abortion river. And then he got jumped on because it was like, ah, you can't have an opinion on this and da, 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 da. No, and no opinion. Exactly. And so, you know, I kind of, I kind of defended him and she ended up calling me on the phone and, you know, wanted to debate me about, she's like, I'm not going to do this on Facebook, but I just wanted to, you know, debate you. And I was like, all right, yeah, sure. That's fine. Um, about, about, about abortion. And basically the crux of it, it turned into me asking her when a human life began. Um, and it was at the same year that a friend of ours had their baby, um, very, very pr prematurely, um, and needed, you know, so like all of the normal things, well, like, um, if they can survive outside the womb or if they can, you know, do this, do that, whatever that didn't apply to this baby. That we knew. Exactly. So she couldn't use any of that. So I was like, when is it that let human life begins? Well, I don't know. I'd have to see what the science said. I was like, you don't have a fucking opinion about that. You don't like, like, I'm not asking you what the general consensus is. I'm asking you what your opinion on when human life begins is. And you're telling me, I don't know. I'd have to ask a scientist. Yeah, like it's pretty bad. Can't have a, a, a an, even an opinion. But uh, so when they're talking about Sex ed, the point of sex ed is to teach children about procreation. It's not to teach them about getting off and what feels good and how to like finger each other. Pardon yeah. me. It is about procreation and and that's it. And and so that's this is not sex education. This is pornography. This is porn education. This is yeah. um smut that we're giving children. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, a, a post that I I might try to find if we have time um, to read through, but it was talking about the um, the society has made us all in kind of a fight or flight stage, right? Because there's all this kind of this was in the context of like CRT 
and, um, you know, coming to terms with white people coming to terms with the fact that they are aggressors and that they need to recognize their role in that. And this was a teacher or an educator attempting to show, prove that, um, children are going to come to that white children are going to come to that realization that they are the aggressors that can be very traumatizing for them. So the teachers have a duty to draw the students into that trauma and help them navigate the experience in order to elicit a productive response. James Lindsay, that's who put this up. It's in one of his latest articles on um, new discourses. And it is it is the anatomy of grooming and brainwashing. It is ex- explicitly what we all um, assume their their intentions are is actually laid out in their science. And that's what it was. It was James Lindsay. I posted it on my, um, my Twitter, uh, but it is James Lindsay talking about this from a, it is an academic, a gender theorist academic study. That he's citing where the, the, so, so she needs to talk to the sex educators and the scientists, the scientists over this space say, we need to draw the children into a trauma response and shape how they come through that response. That's Nazi level shit. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's real, real bad. And people like Taylor Lorenz are enabling that they're protecting predators and enabling more children to be traumatized, more children to be raped, more children to be broken in a lot of ways for life. Mm -hmm. And I can, you know, I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't love it, but I am a childhood. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. It does impact you for life. And the idea that we're trying now here in Colorado, certainly trying to spend way more time protecting the rights of pedophiles because people might get upset if they find out that they like to have sex with children, rightfully so, I would say. Um, we're focused more on protecting their rights because now they're the minority and that's where the whole virtue thing comes in. They're not, these aren't actually virtuous people. They're signaling that they're virtuous people and that, that underlying, um, you know, uh, rush that they get the, the, the enjoyment, the internal enjoyment that they get is, well, we're going to protect them and the minorities, people who are the least accepted in our society. I'm sorry. Pedophiles do not need to be more welcomed and accepted into our society. You fucking moron. <laughs> I'm done now. Exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's, there's no, um, rehabilitating that and it's, and it's pure evil and it's about protecting it's about protecting children, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, live and let live, that ends with people, people that aren't abiding by that themselves and are harming people because you're right. They do take the chi- the life, the, the life of the child when they do that to a kid. It's not just something that happens to them physically. Right. They lose part of themselves in that and forevermore. So it, it's, it's disgusting. And, you know, she's, she's like, well, I certainly don't have children. Well, thank God you don't have children. And um, it, it's really, it's really terrifying um, that these people are so certain of just absolute f- falsehoods that, you know, that trans, that transgender people are somehow happier um, after they have been m- mutilated. Um, the, the, 
uh, uh, Scott, the transgender man that I uh, interviewed, mm-hmm. is an absolute outspoken advocate of what they did in order to, you know, create this thing. It's not, it's not an actual, um, you know, working, functioning, anything. It's just, it's just something now that is causing infections and all kinds of horrible things. And most of these people are not happy. The, it, the root of it is maybe psychological. They're not getting treated. They're just getting, I mean, can you imagine if we did that to anorexics? If we were like, oh yeah, you're right. You're so fat. You should get some liposuction. In fact, let's get it. Let's get you some liposuction for free off the, off the government and make you even skinnier and take all that fat away because you're right. You are. That's how you feel. Exactly. I can't argue with that. It's crazy. Yeah. I loved your interview with Scott and I, um, I related to him so much and, and especially to the, journey that he had as a a high performing professional female in a male dominated industry and how he ended up seeing that as his option and that there was something wrong with him, right? That Mm -hmm. her at the time, right? Like there was, she, she felt like there was something wrong with her because she thought she fit in that, um, high powered, high pressure professional environment and joking and joshing with the men and all of that kind of stuff that somehow she, uh, you know, was, was a, was a, you know, a a male trapped inside. And it's such a disservice that when somebody is feeling that way, society immediately takes them to the farthest extreme of it. Right. It's, it's, it's not, you know, therapeutically explore this about yourself. It's, well, we need to get you on some meds and cut your dick off. Right. Or your breasts and her. And kind of like, kind of like Haya was saying, nobody cares how somebody chooses to live their lives. Like, and you know, Scott and Caitlyn Jenner are both good examples of the fact that they will tell you, I know that I'm not, you know, I'm, I didn't change my gender. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I felt more masculine or I felt more feminine and I changed these things about my body, but that doesn't make me a woman and that doesn't make me a man. And, you know, whatever it is, it is lying about truth and pushing it on children and also lying to children and telling people, telling them it's going to make you happy to be, there's a, there's a, I think T-Mobile just put out an ad with this like uh, elated transgender person, like skipping and clicking their heels in the air and uh, portraying this as like, you know, the lifestyle that you should, that you should, you know, want. Yep. That's why we have a problem with it. You don't mess with kids. You don't harm kids. Nobody's born in the wrong body. That is absolutely ridiculous. You love children. You love people how they are, right? You love them how they are and you help them try to, you know, if there's something like anorexia, for example, you try to connect them back with reality as best you can through treatment and love and all of that. You don't buy into their lie as a form of treatment or love. That's the opposite of what you should be doing. Yeah, agreed. I, I think, you know, going back to your anorexia example, you don't allow people to continue to harm, you know, you don't enable them. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't do anything, right? Addiction. You can, There's not a whole lot you can do. You can't make an addict stop being an addict. They've got to come to that, you know, realization themselves and, and, and whatnot. But you don't, you certainly don't tell them that heroin is good for them, mm-hmm. right? 
and, and, and that they were really, you know, born for that. You don't tell anorexics that they really are fat and that they need to lose weight. You don't tell schizophrenics that, yes, everybody is trying to kill you and you should probably take your own life. We don't do this in any other discipline of complicated mental health, like the most complicated, complex, I should say, mental health disorders that we know about. Trans gender dysphoria is up there. It's a very complicated mental health disorder and it's a band-aid on a broken arm. What they're doing, the the jumping right to gender affirming care and um, jumping to gender affirming care at all for children whose bodies don't finish uh, growing until, you know, 25, 26 years old. The, um, the, the idea that you are going to make life altering changes, you, when, when a, when a boy undergoes bottom surgery. He is uh, forfeiting his right to have an orgasm, forfeiting his his right to have uh, to procreate, right to uh, to experience sexual pleasure in in any real authentic way. It and and that is something that a child can't consent to. A child mm -hmm. doesn't understand that trade off. And we certainly hope you know that a child isn't you know making this decision after already having been so abused that they do know what they're giving up in that respect, but that happens as well. Right. Um, I have, I have known a lot of transgender people in corporate America. I've been, you know, friends with and loved and known as, as members of my community, um, a smaller group, but a group nonetheless of transgender people. And every single one of them was sexually abused as a child. Yeah. And so now we have children that are presenting with symptoms known to be associated with early childhood sexual abuse. And that's not just me saying it. And it's not just anecdotal. Go look at the science uh, around the, the um, connection between gender dysphoria and early childhood sexual abuse. And now we have children that are presenting with those symptoms. There's, it is, I'm not saying in every single one of those situations that there's an abuse component, but it is damn near an indicator. It's absolutely Certainly. an indicator that young children are starting to, be a aware, you know, small children aware of their sexuality and their anatomy and their genitals. They're usually not aware unless somebody has pointed them out to them, at least in a way where they're expressing it outwardly, right? right. Like little boys play with their penises. That's it's a toy to them, right. I mean, to men too. Let's be honest. <laughs> Does they really ever grow out of that? Right. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think they do. Um, but, uh, if they're, if they're outwardly expressing sexual behavior, that's a textbook sign that a child is being abused. And right. what we've done as a society is said, oh no, no, no. It just means that they have gender dysphoria. And so we're going to actually, you know, put them, uh, in a community of people who have also been abused and, and this is their outcome and never actually deal with underlying abuse issues. It's, right. it's damn near criminal, but it's certainly harmful. And any medical doctors participating in this should lose their licenses. I think we'll get yeah. there eventually. I think so too. But I mean, yeah, girls have taped their breasts down for, for yeah. a very long time as a, as a, um, symptom of being abused because when, you know, they don't want that kind of attention and they start getting yep. breasts. So that's something that has happened. But I wonder if, you know, now we're, we're starting to lose reality when it comes to changing genders, but I wonder if the anorexia is to come next and stuff like that, because what is really the crux of this is that they can't win on our turf, which is reality they have to take reality away in order to win because we will win every time when it comes to 
what reality is. So yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, we I, have, yeah, oh, I know, I know we're almost out of time. I was just the topper on that is I would say, I think that, um, that, uh, lives of TikTok really nailed that. Like she kept yeah. bringing Taylor Lorenz went to the hyperbolic, emotionally charged straw man question and, and lives of TikTok continued to bring her back to, no, I never said that. This is what my position is on this issue. And, and that is what it has to, you, you, we, win this argument on the facts and we win it on uh protecting children they you know, the the emotionally charged what are you do what what is the harm um child rape child yeah. rape and grooming and, and and allowing predators to walk among us and emboldening them that mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with their pedophilia that's that's the harm yes all right i'm, I'm done now <laughs> okay uh counterinsurgent said did you see the joe biden satire on italian tv i didn't did you uh, no, I didn't I'll look that up. Well, thank you. Texas Jules. Hey, Kate, your interview with trans woman Scott Nugent from What is a Woman was a great interview. Thank you. It was a trans man. Uh, I know that gets confusing. And again, I'll use people. I, I don't care what somebody wants to wear or what they want to present yeah. themselves. I don't care. Just leave children alone. Uh, Boozer 20. That's why I believe it should be encouraged to slap every person wearing a mask. It's how we really start waking people up. Violence is sometimes the best answer. LOL. <laughs> well, I do say that sometimes love is tough, but I would not recommend going around and slapping people, especially masked people, because they can tend to be litigious. Yeah, especially if you have any plans in the next five to 10 years. Uh, and Texas Jules again, thanks for another great show. Fun and insightful conversation. I adore you both. Well, we adore you too. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, you guys. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for hitting the thumb. And uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. you guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys over in the DPH chat. And please smash the thumb on your way over. Thanks. Bye. Uh, video. Lord knows I've tried to paint that town every shade of red There's a lot of whiskey bottles and skeletons I broke more hearts than the strings of my guitars But one was gold and damn sure wouldn't bend She saw her baby in the crazy, her child in the wild She brought me in this world and kept me here Yeah.
crazy Her child in the wild She brought me in this world And kept me here Five foot five Full of grace Full of pride She saw me coming a mile away So far from heaven No chance I would get 